Yes Have Some podcast is brought to you by Carnivorous Creations, your one-stop shop for all of your proton pack building needs. If you're in the market for a proton pack, head to carnivoruscreations.com. That's carnivorous with a K. You're going to find aluminum motherboards, resin parts, fiberglass shells, and a whole lot more. Find them on Facebook at Carnivorous Creations or head straight to carnivoruscreations.com. Remember carnivorous with a K and get started on an authentic screen accurate proton pack. Do you want some uh, coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. We got one! It's time for another episode of Yes, Have Some Podcast. Look at him in really bad shape. Come on, please. Please. Your weekly pop culture therapy session. Give me, give me, give me. I need, I need. Subscribe on iTunes by searching for Yes Have Some in the iTunes store or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yeshavesomecast. Sick vandalism. That is a deliberate mutilation of a public service message. And now, hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed with your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. We're mutants. There's something wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. Go. Hello, everybody. Hello. That's just locker room talk. That's just, that's all that is. Uh, we're being political. Hi, yeah, everybody. These are things people say. These are just things that people say. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 35 of Yes Have Some Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Joining us. Uh, yes. Have we been on a hiatus? Join it's us. been a little, a tiny little break. We've been working on some technical issues and. Yeah. Should we just should we just go ahead and say it? We just... For some reason, let me guys. Uh, I don't know what we did wrong, but that Blair Witch won't leave us alone. And took and out another episode. <laughs> She's a sneaky little girl. She fucking Ooh. took out another episode. Uh, we had episode thirty-five completely recorded. It was in the can. That's uh, that's kind of like that's what they say. Radio speak. Does that mean it was Industry in the toilet? Talk, it was in the toilet. Yeah, it is in the it toilet. Was, it is because the episode's gone <laughs> it is now. Um, else. But I don't know. I thought it was pretty good, but hey, this is going to even. Be... So this is episode 35B, the alternate. 35B. Yeah. yeah, this is the director's cut. It's the long. Maybe. Yes. It's um. This it's... is the one we actually intended on. Yeah, the first one was crap. It was full of. This one's got the musical number. <laughs> the so... Second draft. I don't know. Uh, Dance scene. This is the what? Well, this episode is loosely based on Hamlet. Which I believe was, and in turn, Hamlet was. A lot of people don't know this. Hamlet was based on um, Goodfellas. Oh, that's so. A lot of people don't know that. I was, I was actually, I was thinking of different strokes, and what came out was Goodfellas. So I thought you were going to just say the Lion King, like Hamlet was based on the Lion King. Oh, that even. A lot of people don't know that. Old story. Well, that's a real actually. So they just announced the live action Lion King that they're doing. Yeah, isn't Lin Manuel Miranda doing the music for that? Yeah, the guy from Shut Hamilton. Shut up! Are you serious? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh wait, no, no, no! He can do everything. Wait, hold on. No, is he that can't. what it is? It's okay with me. You're, He's doing. You I am not wrong. I think I'm right. I have. I like it. He's doing a little more. I hope Are you're we incorrect? Wrong. Should we pause? I think it's a little. We're not pausing. We're not doing a pause. But we're just, it's. We're right um, they're doing. I feel like John. I Fargo. thought he was attached to that. Am I incorrect? No, he's doing. I hope so. Here we go. We'll just read it. Here we go. Guys, Lion King, wrong? live action remake. John Favreau, Favreau, and he did. Uh, he did Jungle Book. He did Jungle Book. 
I mean, if Jonathan Taylor Thomas isn't attached, I'm just not interested. Well, here's the situation. I don't know if the dude from Hamilton's involved in it, but that's... I could be wrong. He's doing the music for... He's doing the music it's... for Little Mermaid. But my question is, so they're going to call it a live-action remake, but actually, it's going to be completely CGI, <laughs> so it's right. just another animated... It's the Jungle Book. It's, yeah. The, only, like, the Jungle Book's one, right? almost completely animated, but it has, like, what, the one... It has a dude in it, like a little kid, yeah. Yeah, it's got a real kid. So really, they're just remaking The Lion King. Right. Yeah. Now, James Earl Jones is still alive, so is he just going to do Mufasa's voice again? But then, wouldn't that be weird if he did the same voice, but then none of the other voices were the same? Because uh, aren't all of those people still alive? I think so. JTT is. Yes, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It would be weird. It would be weird. It would have to be... You can't. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can bring in one of the same voice actors and not bring in the rest. It would just have to be completely new voice actors. No, you have. But j- there is like, there's only one Darth Vader, and there's only one Mufasa. Yeah. And there's you only one. It. And there's only one king from uh, coming to America, and all these are James Earl Jones. He's all. Yeah, I um, doubt they bring him back. I think they're going to. They're not going. JTT. You can't have like a deep voice Jonathan Taylor Thomas doing young Simba. No, definitely not. Um, that would be off Yeah, but I mean, like, but I mean, also, like, what, what's the dude who who did the voice of Sc- of Scar? Um, I believe his name. I have no idea. I'm gonna, because I'm to check that out. Because he was also like super awesome, and he's still alive. Jeremy Irons. Oh yeah. Uh, so like, I I don't know. You you can't bring you can't bring back one. And have to read. That's just weird. Anytime somebody That's brings up Jeremy me. Irons, I just want to watch Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes. Yeah. Do- oh wait, I completely forgot. Jeremy Irons played Alfred in Batman vs Superman. Whoa. He did. Yeah. You know, sure. That movie was, fucking sucks. That movie was, <laughs> movie was terrible. Was a, Can we just get it off our chest? <laughs> Is that what I said? Not twice. I'll have to go back and uh, listen to our original review of Batman vs Superman. But my opinion right now <laughs> is that movie fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry for the language. Hey. Okay. I'm not. Um, well, we like it. This is, I've already gotten us off track. Hi, Jake. Hi, Ab. Hey. Hey, hey I'm going by What's Ab. What's up? You're going by Ab. Nick we did that. But what do you think of these Disney remakes? Because I haven't seen Jungle Book. I haven't seen Cinderella. I think Beauty and the Beast is going to be huge. I'm excited about Beauty and the Beast. I saw whatever that little trailer bit, that little teaser bit that they put out was. Um, and I'm really pumped about it. That wasn't like my number one Disney movie. If we're talking like what my number one was, it would definitely be The Little Mermaid. Um, I have a definite attachment to that. But um, Beauty and the Beast looks really good, and Emma Watson is going to be playing Belle, which I mean, that's good casting. Yeah, there was like a rumor for a long time on the internet that she was going to be Ariel in like a live action Little Mermaid, and that with like Sofia Coppola directing, like that's just that's a lie. <laughs> Somebody posted that on my Facebook, and I got really upset about it. It's not true. Um, but yeah, this new Beauty and the Beast looks good. Um, I guess, you know, yeah, live action Lion King, if it's mostly CGI, it could be good, whatever. I have good memories with that movie. I mean, Jake, you saw Jungle Book, right? Yeah, I did. Is it good? Um, I wasn't super impressed with it. Like, I wasn't as impressed as everybody else seems to be. I was doing a podcast. No, I mean, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was bad at all. It just wasn't like, I went and saw it and I was like, okay, yeah, it's the Jungle Book. Okay. You know, that was it. It was... It was a it little weird, and yeah, it was a little weird in places. The kid's not a great actor. I mean, he's also a little kid acting with a whole bunch of CGI animals, so there's not too well, much you can ask from it. But it was a little, like, it was a little odd. Just imagine being a kid raised by CGI animals. 
That would be really tough. It's, to- it's a totally different world. It's like, how do you adapt to regular animals? Real fish at that out point? of water situation. Yeah. He's a well. He was he was actually he was actually raised with just like a bunch of tennis Big balls bundles. and sticks. <laughs> wow, I've never seen him living in his natural green screen environment. Uh, cool, Mogwai is that his name? Yeah, that's it, Mogwai. Uh, Mowgli. There we go. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, there. Uh, Mogwai is something completely different. A little different. Uh, um, much better. Actually, a lot cooler. Yeah, Cuter, better actors. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So uh yeah, welcome to episode thirty five of the Yes Have Some Podcast. That was uh That, that was fun. That was Disney Talk. It's gonna be a new segment we cool. do every welcome week. Welcome to Disney Talk. Welcome to Disney, Disney Talk. Talk. I'm down for that. We are. Uh this isn't Disney related, but uh it's something they're releasing uh or re releasing Space Jam in theaters next month for twenty oh. anniversary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, really? you know, yeah. that movie's not good, but Space Jam? Yeah, it's, not. it's, it's not. just not, and you Dude. want it to be because Bill Murray's in it, and you're like, oh, this is going to be... Is that his name? I always thought it was Phil hey, It's Phil. But, what, but what's super Secret crazy is... I, God, Space Jam was on... I don't know. I, I feel like I watched Space Jam recently, maybe at work, and uh, it is very awful, <laughs> but Bill Murray is way too funny in yeah. that. Like, he's way funnier than anybody has any business being in Space Jam. And R. Kelly is better than anyone has any business being at singing in that, <laughs> that ballad. <laughs> hey, that was a song of the summer. It was, 96, man. Yeah, it was. That oh. soundtrack, That bunny, Holy that shit. female, Bugs, what was her name? Uh, I can't. Well, let's just all be honest. She was cute. Oh, the Blair Witch symbol? No. No, she was cute. <laughs> she was, yeah. Uh, we are being haunted. We are being tormented by the Blair Witch. Yeah. Um... I'm she's so scared just, right now. She's just misunderstood. You know, she's just, um, she's just supposed to do some crafts. I, I'm not saying the Blair Witch is real, but if she was, I bet she'd work at a big lots. You think so? <laughs> yeah. It's good deals. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Uh, cool. So. Discount candy. We had a couple things we wanted to uh, get off of our chests. We have problems with you people. No, nothing like that. Um, yeah, so uh, we wanted to thank our sponsor, our one and only sponsor. Mike Nelson at uh, Carnivorous Creations. Uh, he's our sponsor. You guys hear me talking about him at the beginning of uh, every episode. Um, he was able to – he provided the Yes Have some compound uh, with a one-to-one scale terror dog head. Uh, Vince Clorso – Vince Clorso? Vince Clortho from Ghostbusters. So he got his hands on about a year or two ago uh, a production used mold. Um and he made replicas of it, and he sells them at his shop, carnivoruscreations.com. And uh, it's amazing. It's an awesome prop. We did an unboxing video. We got it on uh, the S-Have Some Facebook it page. It brought tears to my eyes when I saw it. The video? When you I, watched yourself opening no, it? No, when I actually opened it and like, took it out of all the popcorn. Um, it stared it in its eyes. Like It's it's just so cool. Um, It's extremely well made, and I really like having it on the wall. It like stops you in your tracks every time you walk into the living room. Um, Although Abby changed uh, its name from Vince Clortho yeah. to... Terry. To Terry. And then I sang <laughs> a song to it that I'm not going to repeat. There was but a it's Terry's... called Terry Baby. Um, um, and it's really good. Yeah, it's well, great. now you got to. I can't. I can't hit Maybe this. later. Maybe at Maybe the later. end of it, if you guys are lucky. So Mike Fine. Nelson. So Mike, uh, thank you so much. You did. Uh, he did a run of 84 of these, and uh, he still has a few available. You can get them unpainted or fully painted. And, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a very cool prop to have. A lot yeah, of us, 25 of 84. 25 of 84. A lot of us have proton packs. Some of us have gigameters. Yeah. Um, Ooh. And uh, all sorts of props. But to have uh, something, you know, a character from the movie hanging on the wall, 
Um, anybody who's seen pictures from Ghost Core, it's it's basically that same that same terror dog. Um, it's got so, the wow factor. It's the wow factor. People walk into our our place. And, wow. And they go wow. Whoa. It's huge. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah it's so thank you so much, Mike, for that. And um, we had another thank. We're just thanking people this week. Yes, you got to see. It's almost yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, why not? Uh, you want to take this one, Abigail? Yeah. Uh, John Yurkaba, a big um, friend of the show. Uh, we have gotten to know him over the last, whatever, year as we've been building up to um, the new movie when it came out. We spent time with him in L.A. Um, and he picked us up from the airport. Super nice dude. Um he is a very talented artist, and for the month of Inktober, which is like a hashtag a lot of people use on Instagram to post pictures of their own sketches, which are usually Halloween-inspired, uh, like spooky, scary stuff, uh, he's done a series of Ghostbusters um, like uh, animated uh, comic book-style panels, and he was kind enough to feature uh, the cast and crew. The cast. Uh, of us, the Yes Have Some podcast. Uh, Jake, Craig, and myself were captured um, in his comic book panel. And it just it's really cool. And I just love the way that he does like eyeliner and highlights. And I've been admiring his work for a while now. So it was really cool to see our likenesses um, brought to life. And uh, it was just... I think that the Jake in particular looked really good, so I thought that was a really sweet Jake likeness. And we yeah. go, John, and thanks, man. That's just fucking sweet. So, uh, yeah. If you, anybody who he does prints, he does Ghostbusters related stuff. He's doing uh, commissions right now, custom stuff. You can check that out at John Yukaba uh, Art. That's uh, how you spell his last name. Y U R C A B A. We could. We should we, fact check. We, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna Here's, put a. We're gonna put a link to it on the Facebook page, and uh, you guys can check that out. There and. Yeah, really cool stuff. So thanks to John. Always cool to see yourself in comic book form. That's a good way to start the day, yeah. Good way to start the day. Very and cool. uh, apparently the three of us are Ghostbusters in his world. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's I like multiverse. The multiverse. Very, very much so. Um, <laughs> cool uniform. I love the multiverse. Uh, Jake, what what's going on, man? Do you have any... Uh, Anything you got to get off your chest? Anything uh, nitpicking at you? Tiny right couple now? things. Tiny just, couple just things. A, you know, a few things we were talking about in our last episode. Um, we were talking about some some Halloween stuff and some Friday the Thirteenth stuff, and we mentioned. <laughs> I think like, the last thing we were talking about was like you know for sure the we're going to see more of these movies, and we were talking about how there's a Halloween movie coming out soon. And then like the next day, there was news come out that said like, nope, yeah, we're nowhere with Halloween. Like Halloween is in like a weird uh no one can can like land on an idea they want to make a movie but they don't they can't find a director they can't find writers they can't find scripts they like uh there's also been some Friday the 13th news that we've been talking about yep. that's happening right. they're 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 lo- they're also locked in a weird rights battle like in a, I think it's like three different parties all battling over the rights for Friday the 13th, but the settlement isn't going to happen for for so long in the future that it's not going to touch the movie that they're about to make. Right, because they're about to go into production this spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to be a quick turnaround. The movie's going to come out next October, so we're a year yeah. away from the next Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Uh, it's coming, though, and it's the 13th Friday the 13th movie, oh, yeah. so uh, yeah. Hopefully to be good. The, art, yeah, the article I was something. the article I was reading today was maybe they'll try hard. <laughs> maybe they'll try. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, the article I, I read, should see all of those before I talk shit. 
He goes to Manhattan. He goes to hell. Okay. Same thing. Wherever he wants to go. Uh, that was silly. He does a lot of traveling. He's like Michael Myers. <laughs> <sighs> These serial killers get around. Um, I don't think Jason drives as much as Michael Myers. No, um, I think he, no, he, he gave it up. Impaired vision with, <laughs> through that mask. Maybe maybe a boat. Maybe he drives a boat. Although, ha- there's this thing. I see this every now and again. Have you ever seen a car driving that has a Jason mask hanging from their rearview mirror? Mm-hmm. Yeah, people do that all the time. People love that. That's scary. <laughs> people just a little want... weird. Um, so, the article I was reading today was talking about like whether or not the Jason movie or the Friday the 13th movie they're going to make right now fits into like the original timeline or is it a continuation of the remake that they did in 2009 and how do they want to hash that out? And it was kind of ambiguous. It kind of sounds like it's going to be neither, but possibly both. Like it it was weird. Like I don't personally feel like, I feel like they could probably just reboot the whole series and and start fresh. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, What's the I mean, point? I think that I think that's kind of what they're trying to do. I think they're re- I think it's like from what I saw, it's going to be like a basically origin-ish kind of thing. Right. Okay. Um, Jason's parents. Jason's mom. Jason's mom. Jason's dad. Trip. Yeah, everybody's family. in this one. He's got a, a, an older brother who's like really successful. That's stressful for him. Um, <laughs> that's the whole reason. That's whole. his whole motivation. His good yeah. Looking. His brother's played by Adam Scott. <laughs> It's just like stepbrothers. It's just like stepbrothers. Like you find out, like it flashes forward, and like, why do you keep killing these camp counselors? Is it because they were having sex when you died? He's like, no, I'm just really jealous of never Daryl. gonna live up to Todd. <laughs> Daryl <gonna> <laughs> Voorhees. Daryl Voorhees <laughs> and his boyfriend Todd. Oh, it's gonna be perfect. Super successful plastic surgeons. <laughs> they won't work. On yeah, who wouldn't work Jason's on Jason? Like, I mean, come on, right? Oh, it's man. in the family. So they're going to do something. Oh, that should be good. Well, at least they're getting it going. Who knows what's going to happen with Halloween. I think with Halloween, you have to start over because that – there's like four different timelines and it's just weird. The yeah. Halloween movies like the extra you might movies. As well. I never know when – what time it's – we don't know what's happening. Yeah. X-Men movies, huh? Yeah, yeah X-Men yeah. movies. <laughs> hey, I think that's it. There you go. So Friday the 13th, Days of Future Past. What do you guys think? Okay. I'll watch that. I'll watch I'll a time-traveling Jason Voorhees movie. Have they okay. not done time travel on Friday the 13th yet? Mm, no. They've done space travel? So. Ooh. They've space done travel, space travel, yeah. Time travel. I love it. No time travel. Oh, there you go. Uh, cool. Well, if they reboot Back to the Future, I think the twist was Marty goes back and doesn't fall in love with his mom. He murders her oh killing right. himself in the That's process good, uh, oh that'd be weird yeah that would you ruin just, everything you just disappear that got deep yeah we're gonna have to one day do an episode where we just break down all the ways that you could reboot retool repolish remake or sequelize back to the future okay yeah just that one movie because you could yeah. i don't know if it's a great idea it's not, but uh, it's going to happen one day. Well, Michael J. Fox was talking in an interview recently about how Back to the Future almost has a Wizard of Oz type quality. Like, right. it's a it's one of those movies that kids now see with their families. Like, hey, we're about to show you. Like, you've been watching bullshit for the first five years yeah. of your life. That's how it was when I first saw it. Right. It was a TV version, but I was like, oh, this is like this is something else. Like time travel and like. It was also lived in and believable, and, like, you had that picturesque view of the 50s. It's just, like, it's so much that you want, and there's, like, so much purity, but then, like, 
the juxtaposition of it being the 80s and like the raunchy humor that's taking place and like i just i loved it and i still do it's i mean it's not as close to me or as close to my heart as ghostbusters necessarily um but i still really enjoy the original i think that the sequel's fun in its own weird kind of like strange bizarre way um the third one i can't i just can't really get into it as much and you hate might, westerns i know but i love Westworld. like if we're talking about like westerns and the fact that i'm like super into that show watching it now but yeah I, I personally i love back to the future 3 in fact i hold the opinion that back to the future 3 is a better movie than back to the future 2 most people don't agree with me on that um but the ones that do it's one of those opinions where if you find somebody else who likes back to the future 3 more than back to the future 2 it's like this weird camaraderie it's like yes you get it and then when you kiss yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then you fall in love with your mom. Um, I think, and I don't think this is a controversial opinion, especially among the people who listen to this show, you can make an argument that Back to the Future is one of, if not the best movies of all time. Like, it might be top five of all time. Mm, yeah. I, mean, I go right? with that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think Ghostbusters is my favorite movie, but I think overall from, like, just the perspective of watching a film and like for what it is and what it stands for. And it's like, I don't know. I think back to the future is a better movie than ghostbusters. Oh shit. Whoa. I, yeah, I don't think I I'd ever feel say the that same way about it. It doesn't have the likability factor and you're turning on it. Well, I hated it. I, didn't, I, didn't, Fuck I like that. Leah Thompson, but like, I think Lorraine is not like, I don't know. There's not, it just, it, it, it has some like weird, like in the second movie, don't they ditch, uh, Marty's girlfriend pretty much in the beginning. Yeah, they and leave her, her on some trash. Pretty much discarded yeah. throughout the rest of the movie. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I guess, like... Well, just... it's hard, too, because you, I, a lot of people loop all three movies into... I'm just talking about the first Back to the Future. Because right. no one's making an argument that Back to the Future I can't look at it with my pro-feminist lens and, like, and like You bought a pro-feminist lens? Well, yeah, I have a pro-female <laughs> viewpoint, and so I'm always looking at the female characters and, like, seeing if they're strong enough to defend themselves and outwit and outsmart and all that kind of stuff. But it's back to the future. Like, just enjoy it for what it is and what's in there. And there's a lot of good and iconic stuff, um, you know, like the uh, under-the-sea dance scene and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's that stuff is, is, like, really memorable as a kid. You're like, oh, this is very, very cool. It was very cool. Yeah. Uh, cool. I don't know how. How do we start talking about Back to the Future? I'm just looking at the TV. Jesus, so I don't even know. How did we get here? We oh, get time travel. Jason, time oh, travel. Oh yeah, time right, travel. Right. Jason took us. So here. maybe it'll be kind of a reboot combo between Friday the Thirteenth and Back to the Future. Hey, um, yeah. Why not? Jason gets in the DeLorean. <laughs> I do have a really cool flux capacitor watch that you got me, Craig. I did. It's very nice. There you go. It's a men's watch. I have to get it sized down. There you go. It's again, you know. Well, it runs off of uh, 1.21. And the joke is dead. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> out of time. That's Ooh. what we're going to... Oh, I have our song for this there episode. There it is. Okay. Back in time, Huey Lewis and the news. He brought them I along. I thought I was going to do my Terror Dog song. I'm not doing that. Why do I keep bringing it up if I'm not going to do it? Continue. Uh, cool. So, before we move on to a little bit of stress for this week... Um, so when we started this podcast, we primarily were talking about uh, our anticipation for Ghostbusters. I don't know if anybody heard. There's a new movie. Oh, uh, it's out there. Jake, did you know about that? I, I heard a little bit of uh, some rumblings. Okay, you heard some rumblings. They weren't good. <laughs> it was a bad rumble. Saw a couple emojis. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Ghostbusters, answer the call. It is out. 
It is uh, in the world. It is on DVD. It is on Blu-ray. It is on digital, on demand. Uh, and, yeah, you can own it. Uh, as of right now, it's the number one selling movie on Amazon. Like, people are buying the movie. There's a lot of, I, I think, some of that, that big initial wave of negativity has kind of died down. And people are starting to be able to just enjoy the movie for what it is. And I'll be the first person to tell you, um, with all the fanfare gone, looking at it with clear eyes and just being able to to love it for what it is or for what it or, or hate it for what it is like uh my your feelings right my with with no expectations or anything just stripping everything away i have been able to watch the movie extended edition a couple times i definitely like the new ghostbusters movie mm-hmm. i feel like it is flawed and where it is flawed it, it does hurt it in a couple places especially with some of the dialogue and underdeveloped characters and things like that. Um, we'll probably, over time, be able to kind of really dissect it and figure out the why behind some of that. Um, but it's 2016. We've got a new Ghostbusters movie. The franchise is alive, and it seems like it's doing well. I mean, even there's so much merchandise coming out. Uh, Playmobil, I don't know if you guys saw the commercial, but Playmobil's putting out their uh, toys for next year. Um, and they did a, uh, a new advertisement for that today. Kind of just, it was, it, they didn't show anything, but there was like a Playmobil Slimer opening. There's like trick or treaters coming to the door. Oh, cool. And Slimer answers. It, it's just cool. It's just, I haven't seen that, no. It's cool to know that we're, for the next uh, several years at a minimum, we're going to be getting Ghostbusters merchandise. There's going to be new media. Uh, and we'll be able to. We're going to be booing it forward. We're booing it all forward. <laughs> uh, and uh, Eric from uh, Ghost Corps was on. Um, Crossrip yeah, Interdimensional Crossrip podcast and it was a brief interview they were doing a DVD release promotion thing and uh, he was in what he said gave me a lot of faith he was like look I was hired as in, in Troy and uh, Troy was doing the interview uh, Troy Benjamin and he said I was hired in 2009 I started off in as, as an intern I came on as Ivan Reitman's assistant starting in 2009 Ivan Reitman told me our next project's Ghostbusters so <laughs> that was seven years ago Right. Yeah. So there has been a third Ghostbusters movie in it like theorized for 20 something years in active development for at least seven to eight years. And, uh, you know, it's out. It wasn't as successful as it could have been. It was not as successful as it should have been, but it did well enough uh, to probably warrant. Uh, we're getting an animated movie. We're definitely getting uh, Ecto Force animated yeah, series. It reinvigorated the franchise. It's stable. It's alive. It's got a pulse. It's there. It might not be as vibrant and healthy and running around as we want it to be, but it's it's at least on right. its feet. So that's and, and the cool thing before I you know move on here, Eric. What, the one thing I wanted to say that Eric said is like, listen, I get to come to work every single day, and Ghostbusters is my job. And this was the quote, um, paraphrasing a little bit. He's like, it's going to be that way for at least the next several years, if not much longer. So mm. all we know is that they're going to give it. The old, uh, what's it, what's it like an old phrase? The old governor's try. That's not a real phrase. Is that a phrase? It, it is now. Okay. okay. I know sure. About the, the governor's nudge. The old governor's nudge. Oh, <laughs> we just coined a phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you gotta give lean like, into it. Yeah, you just gotta give them the old governor's nudge. Um, <laughs> hey. I will say it can be a little disheartening. I mean, you see these movies coming out. You see Doctor Strange is coming out next week. Oh, I just it, watched a bunch of those. Ninety-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, being universally praised, and you just want that for Ghostbusters, you, you know. And uh, if you could turn well, back time, we're not going to go too far deep into it right now. But 
The DVD's out. Blu-ray's out. Did you guys watch the extended edition? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I did. Uh, Whole thing. Jake, what'd you think? I thought it was okay. There was... Overall, uh, I like the theatrical better, but there are a few things here and there that I really liked in the extended cut, and there are a few things I'm really glad didn't make the theatrical cut. Okay. Do you want to expound on Do you want to hear what some of those are? I want to hear what... Hey, why not? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, I mean, basically, the the extended cut had just a lot of the alternate jokes, um, which most of them didn't work as well. Uh, which, you know, I guess is why they're not in the theatrical cut. Some stuff like, you know, there's that scene with Aaron at the beginning and her boyfriend. That's right. just long and not funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of just tell, weird... Jake, tell me how you really feel. Yeah, how did that... Hey, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't <laughs> funny. It was just... <laughs> I don't know. It was it was a good choice to cut that out. Uh, especially it being at the beginning of the movie. I would not. I would have been worried if I was watching the movie for the first time, and that's in the first, you know, five minutes of the movie. I would have right. been like, "Oh boy, this is what we're watching." Um, <laughs> no, I mean, there were a couple jokes I really liked. Uh, I liked that they there's there's the whole uh, crossing the streams thing. Right. Uh, I'm glad that was taken out. Um, just be, like just for the fact that like in the extended cut they cross the streams crossing the streams doesn't work and i don't like that like if they're going to do it it's got to work it's got to work if they're not going yeah if they're not going to you know if it's not going to work just take it out we don't need it at all and i thought i thought the movie was fine with right. that one thing that struck me really that was really interesting so you learn this on the commentary and I'm not going to brag we already knew we got inside info here mm-hmm. um so when aaron at the end of the movie dives into the portal um, yeah, that the scene where you see her and Melissa McCarthy and Rowan inside the portal, that was not in the movie originally. Uh, originally, that was a reshoot. Basically, what happened is people were going to the test screenings and they were seeing her dive in and seeing um, Holtzman and and uh, Patty pulling her out with oh, the uh, Mercado, right? Uh, yeah, at the Mercado, and them people popping were, out with the people wigs. were like, "What? What the fuck's going on? We don't understand." So they added this scene where you see Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy and the portal with all this like vibrant colors and you see yeah. Rowan flipping Feels like backwards. a Marvel movie for a little while. It's the best friggin' part of the movie. Yeah. I couldn't believe <laughs> it. And like and and not not I'm not saying that facetiously, like it really it it was the first part of the movie that I went, Whoa, this is something so different and so like left of center and it it's working. And it's something, it's how you take Ghostbusters to the next level. It felt like... Well, you're watching, like, the foundation, like, the emotional bloodline through it is the friendship between Aaron and Abby, and that's what the book, Ghost from Our Past, is about. And those first couple chapters of that book uh, by Andrew Schaefer, like, tell the story of their friendship and how they met in high school and both of them were picked on and how um, Aaron used to have a ghost that would wait at her bedside and um, listening to the... uh, the commentary like you found out that that ghost was originally going to be like really terrifying and like spewing blood and there's just so much cool backstory that i think was intended and like built into their characters that got a little bit muddled with editing and possibly with shooting a lot of alternates and honestly that was the stuff that that scene 
grab me. And, like, when I see Aaron looking down at that hook that she wraps around her waist when she decides to jump in, I'm just like, fuck yes. This is like Star-Lord grabbing Gamora's hands and, and uh, Rocket and Drax, yeah. and everyone's got to get band together to beat the bad guy. And, you know, at the end of the day, your bond with another human being is that's all that matters. Like, that's, like, fuck saving the city, like, save your best friend. And, like, I wanted more of that. And I got to see some of that in the deleted scenes, some of the deleted scenes. Um, And there's some humor, like, when they're doing their high school project. I don't necessarily think that would have added to the movie, so I think that's good that it was cut out. But I think that there was a lot of really good stuff that was intended to be in this movie, and that there's glimpses of it, and the movie take almost takes off and is soaring for, for portions of it. But then... It just it kind of falls flat and lands at others. And I think, honestly, after listening to the commentary, that's probably due to the editing. I think that Katie Dippold and Paul Feig's writing process lends itself to, like, an organic, everyone-builds-off-each-other environment. And that's great when you have an R rating and you can do whatever the fuck you want. But when your hands are tied in some ways, like, I think Sony may have been sort of pulling the strings or maybe wanting this to stay in that family-friendly level. Maybe they were struggling with who they were marketing this movie to, but Oh, I they feel, definitely were struggling yeah, with Yeah, exactly. I feel like if just left unbridled and, like, given, f- like, full, like, you know, carte blanche or whatever, they could probably have come up with something that felt a little more cohesive and drawn on... And, and focused in on those themes that I'm obviously, like, yeah. into. Well, I, I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast yet, but so the scene where Aaron explains, like, that she was ghost girl and she got picked on and she had this ghost that haunted her as a kid, if that is so important to the story that you need to probably open the movie with that. Because what... But then you're wondering, oh, can you have a flashback to childhood and a ghost movie like because I that's not in the original Ghostbusters well that well that's well the yeah there's a lot of stuff like if you're yeah, following the beats this the is structure. a different movie you can, I don't right. I don't feel like you can say like hey we, they didn't do this in the old one so let's not do it in yeah this right one. so maybe I, I think, think that, it would have benefited from that because I thought that was an integral part of the story that was really interesting Craig I think that's a really cool idea that just would have been really awesome and we talked about that before it could have been you know the opening scare to the movie and you could have not even known that that was, that that was Aaron at right. first, yeah. you know, we get, that could be revealed a little later and that would have been a dude, that would have been amazing. And like, I mean, for everyone who's read, um, you know, ghosts from our past, that, that whole scene that she talks about is explained in way more detail. Yeah. That would have been a terrifying opening to the movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could easily cut to like the whole opening of her being haunted and, like, just a creepy scene with this little girl in a dark house, bloody, you know, bloody ghost standing at her bedside. She screams, cut to Ghostbusters logo. Here's a problem. I have a big problem with this. I'm going to rant. You guys ready? Go. Do it. Do it. I know exactly what you're going to say. Go for it. They really overthought some of this. I don't. I can't say it was Paul Feig. I can't say it was Katie Dippold. I can't say it was Sony or anybody. They open up the movie, you hear Ray Parker's theme for not long enough, and you don't see the Ghostbusters logo. And if the rationale was, well, they haven't come up with the logo yet, we don't want to show it, I say, fuck you, that is a stupid, stupid idea. <laughs> the logic, right. You you show Kristen, you show baby Aaron, not baby, seven-year-old Aaron, whatever. Little this baby whole, Aaron. you build it up with the same amount of tension, very scary, mm-hmm. very dark, screaming ghost, explodes out at her, she's screaming, Cut to Ray Parker, Ghostbusters logo, Ghostbusters. Then you cut right to Aaron at Columbia. And it's implied you, right there you get rid of that entire exposition scene. That scene where they're at the headquarters and she's explaining about what happened to her as a kid. It's supposed to be really tough. 
It is just boring. That is a boring scene, and I'm saying it. And it upsets me because I know that they're tapping at and not hitting a nerve. That I, But I know that that nerve is there, and I want them to hit it, and I know that that story exists, and I know the past because I read the book before I saw the movie, and that was something that definitely frustrated me. Wait, is this a yes have some heel turn? We are not... <laughs> It sounds like you are, Craig. I still, I don't know. I still uh, like it. No, I still, no, and that's it though. Thing. It's such a good movie and it's such a fun ride and it's extremely enjoyable. And the fact that Kristen Wiig and Kate McKinnon and Melissa McCarthy and Leslie Jones are like, you know, starring in, you know, a blockbuster summer sci-fi movie. It's like, it's all really cool. And there's, there's so it many is really inspirational cool. things. It is inspirational. That I and, and I get that kids love it, but also the movie could be better. Yeah. Absolutely, it could be better, and it's easy to like. It's just so hard of a thing. Like when you when you hear about how many people were behind the scenes working on this movie, and you know, you, you listen to Paul Feig be like, "Well, I really wanted to put the word fuck in the movie, and yeah. it's in the extended cut, you know." But then, like the studio, it, there's just so many people, and there's so many. They're trying to please so many people at the same time, and there's so many, uh, you know, suits behind the decisions right. that it's like. I mean, I can't. Absolutely, it could have been a better movie. You You know, like, there's no way that all of those people are going to come together. I sometimes wonder, because as much as I love all of the nods and all of the the things about the original Ghostbusters that are in this movie, whether it's Slimer, Stay Puff, Proton Packs, the logo, all that stuff, the firehouse, if they would have said, hey, we want to relaunch Ghostbusters, but we want a new spin, a new take, we we want this to be a complete reboot. So we're going to separate ourselves as much as possible from the original. The initial thing would be, oh, that sucks. But maybe you get a better movie out of it. Maybe in some ways having to be beholden to some of the stuff of the original worked against it. Now, I'm about to argue with myself because every time I see Slimer on screen for the first time, I have the dumbest fucking smile on my face. And a boner. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. I don't, I don't know how I would react to that news if, the, if that was it. If they came out with the Ghostbusters and just everything was completely different, right. or I don't know, I don't know if I would. Uh, I just don't know. I, I think that would feel too weird. Yeah, think about how upset we were when we first saw the proton pack, like the brand new one. It was like, oh, I don't know. That's, I don't know that's about that just, thing. You know, it's a. Yeah. It looks. It's like it's made out of found parts or something. Which. Yeah. I will say this though: we grew, if we're having we like real discussion about the movie, real quick, is. The one thing that I really there's there's two things about this movie that that do irk me that I'm I've I've kind of thought since day one but I've kind of bit my tongue a little bit just because I wanted to enjoy the ride but now you know we're we're a podcast we can be critical we we have movies that we I have movies that are some of my favorite movies that I still talk shit on because right it's just there's my a chance that like there's the oversaturation factor of the fact that I've watched oh it, I'm like, saturated baby. yeah I'm I'm hit like I'm <laughs> I'm hit I'm full. Um, two things you just that... hey, you just turned into George Costanza. God, I know. I'm saturated. I'm saturated. Oh! I'm out. Oh my god. George is getting mad. George is getting angry. Oh my okay, god. Okay, so two Got things. A lot of problems. With one, one of the there's a theme in Ghostbusters beyond people fighting ghosts that I think is very paramount. It and it runs through Ghostbusters, the comics, Extreme Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Two, Real Ghostbusters is us against the system and now i'm gonna say it like patrick swayze omar's coming it is us against the system that was my patrick swayze Um, put you in a boy's home so fast it'll make your head spin different movie movie. also patrick swayze oh that was outside at the end (laughs) okay so i love i love ghostbusters who are the ghostbusters bucking up against in this movie antagonist nobody it's pretty much nobody it's not the government 
Because the government no. is kind of on their side. The government was kind silly. Of. Yeah. A little, little that was silly. weird. Not that, every, that, right. Oh, I just thought of a that's third probably thing the, That's probably the biggest problem with the movie for me, too, is that there's no clear, like... There's no clear antagonist besides... Well, you have uh, Rowan, but it's like... Rowan. You need... The, the Ghostbusters should be laughing in the face of of everybody who doesn't believe them and is trying to put them down and bring them down. Yeah, the system, the man, the government. And, and right. you just, there's like an attitude that goes with it. But the other thing is in the first Ghostbusters, like this movie, everybody's funny, right? The mm-hmm. Ghostbusters are funny. Rowan's funny. The Honest Trailers, the mayor, they made that point, right, right? The mayor's funny. The FBI agents are funny. Kevin's funny. Like, it's a world like what makes the Ghostbusters am- the first movies amazing is like when they first get kicked out. That Dean is like, just you know, Dean Yeager. He's a he's super dry, and he's yeah. just like he's just like this like up to do educated guy who has no time for right. these Ghostbusters. Walter Peck, like Walter we're... Peck is complete fucking asshole, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's humor in like you get humor with like Lenny. And the Cardinal and that stuff, but it's and a the very people of New York. It's are a like New even, York dry, right. like well, the Vanity more of them. It's a real humor, and with this movie, it's more of a oh, we've got like forty really, not forty, but like fifteen or twenty amazing improv comedians <laughs> in this movie, and they're all doing their thing. And I actually think it works against it because we want the Ghostbusters to be. But the, you understand where they're coming from. With well, it's the just modern Ghostbusters, comedy. obviously being an SNL right. and all that kind of stuff. So I get it. You'd think it would work a hundred percent, but I think it's because of the rating restriction and censorship. Yeah, so. that's definitely something to do with it. Uh, there was a third thing that irked me. I can't. Oh, this is actually more of a story point. But I, I was talking uh, with some people about this this week. Um, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two. Dana's apartment is basically a character. Yeah, New York being a character within the movie. Museum is basically a character. The uh-huh. Mercado should have had background. A little more screen time, yeah. We should have had more screen time. We should have seen more of the history of the Mercado. We should have... They it had that cut scene. When they show up... Well, yeah. So, yeah. That's actually a good example. They have the cut scene with Rowan talking to some of the guests of the Mercado, implying that weird things are going on. And she's the cook from um, Downton Abbey. But... It's exposition. So there's exposition in the first Ghostbusters where Dan Aykroyd explains the history of Dana's building, right? While they're in jail. Oh, yeah. It's like the best scene yes. in the movie, right? Yeah. That version scene. of this scene in this movie is the lay... of unnecessary surgery. The ley line scene. Right. And they're just in their headquarters. The go- why? I mean, I would have actually... Like, when they fake arrest the Ghostbusters, I hate that. It would be so much better if they really got arrested. And then they had to figure this out from jail. I know that would have been just like the first movie, but I mean, it is Tension, for, it stakes, is scientists yeah. fighting ghosts. It is like the first movie, so let's raise the stakes a little bit. But back to the Mercado, I just think it should have been. Uh, we should have known more about it. It should have felt we should have seen things happening there earlier on in the movie because the first time you even see the inside of it is when they show up, and then it's like, oh yeah, there's this weird janitor building a huge contraption in the basement. Nobody seems to care. Yeah, it's. I wanted more of it because I liked the Art Deco style of it. I was bummed, kind of, to find that it was a, a CGI, that it wasn't a real tactile building that I can go and visit. Um, maybe that kind of added to that, the fact that it doesn't feel like a real, lived-in world, necessarily. And I know that Paul Feig said that you can't shoot in New York because the paparazzi are assholes, and they'll just like walk on set, take photos of the actors while they're doing their thing, so... I mean, I, un- I understand because of, like, the scrutiny and all that stuff getting in the way. They had to film in Boston. Um, 
all that being said, the CGI is really awesome. The third act, people say it's like a video game, but like I ride that third act out like a like a roller coaster every time that I saw it in theaters, especially when Jillian Holtzman comes on screen and does her whole like you know round off routine and like kicks so much ass and like like because I get that and and I'm able to like take that home with me and think about it and and be charged up and feel empowered like. I'm happy that the movie exists and it does sting when I see other movies doing well that aren't my little baby ghostbusters and that it, it didn't quite like just like fly off the shelves and land in people's hearts the way that it mostly did in mine and the way that, you know, I well, wanted the people it to. who love this movie really, really love it. They're very taken by it and it means a lot to them and that's awesome. And it means a lot to me for all sorts of different reasons. Um, but Jake, I, I wonder what you think about this. Like, the entire goal of this was to relaunch the franchise and to breathe new life into it and to build mm-hmm. something huge. If you're going to think on that level, you need somebody with a vision. And for and, and I love Paul Feig, and he's a great guy, and he's been good to us, and he's a great director, and Freaks and Geeks is my favorite show of all time, and Bridesmaids is one of the best comedies of the last decade. And he said many times, I really just wanted to make a movie with four funny people fighting ghosts. Right. That's, that's great. That's great, and that's what he did, but that is not the vision of somebody who is looking to relaunch what should be a Marvel-sized franchise. Right. They needed uh, – I mean, he he did what he could do with it, but – and I mean, it's like you can't really fault him because, like, no one else wanted to do it. Exactly. You know, they, yeah. It was like Ghostbusters was kind of floating around and offered He's to right. a lot of people, and a lot of people were turning it down, and they were scared of it, and – um I mean, he took charge and he and he made a good movie and it is a funny movie and I love it. But you're right. Like it wouldn't hurt if maybe somebody, you know, could maybe step up somebody, you know, what I'm saying is J.J. Abrams, please make the new Ghostbusters. movie. I think what we're going to see is so for so long, people and directors were, were turning it down because. They were like, well, I don't want to be the one who fucks up Ghostbusters. Right, but now it's happened. <laughs> and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that somebody's fucked it up, it. but somebody's, like, broken the ice. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the ice is broken. Someone has, like, Ghostbusters has been remade. It's happened. So now it's out there. I would... now, people, now people can see what's happened. They're like, okay, this is maybe what I would do different. Maybe, you know, can't... maybe they could do this. Here's another idea. We can't forget... The, the wheels were in motion with Paul Feig and Amy Pascal at Sony to make this movie before Ghost Core was finalized. Right. Right now, it's all reverted back. Ghost Core is 100 Dan and Ivan They're driving the are driving the bus. And yeah. it's back in, you know, it's back hell in bent. The, Huh? I said it's hell-bent. It's hell-bent, guys. Yeah, it's hell-bent. <laughs> oh! Whoa, hey. No, this is good. I'm glad we're, you know... Uh, I didn't think we'd be... This is why it's important to be honest about... Why it's important to be honest about Ghostbusters. (laughs) So, you Um, know, for my internet wife... So... (laughs) Out um, there. So, yeah, I think they're back in the driver's seat, and you know that they are taking meetings with writers and directors going, you see where we're at with Ghostbusters right now? And, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's only going to take... 
it's going to take the right pitch from the right writer or the right director that says, this is my take on it. And I've been saying it this week. They need to go big. Ghostbusters, as I think it's at a go big or go home moment. Or go back to high school. Or go back to high school. Here we go. <laughs> no, but I think they need, I think they need to think of it less like, hey, let's make a comedy. Remember, remember Ghostbusters? Remember Ghostbusters? It needs to go past, hey, let's pass the torch. Let's have Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd give proton packs to young people. Guess what? That There's an 80% chance that could suck. They need right. a James Gunn or, uh, a, I don't know, name. They need a visionary. They need somebody to come in and say, this is what I want to do with it. They need Ed Brubaker to come in and write the script. Yeah, they, or, yeah I, mean, I mean, and listen, Sony still has a working relationship with the Russos. And who knows where it goes from that here. Winter Soldier hookup? I don't think Paul Feig's going to be involved in Ghostbusters anymore. I don't think he would really want to dive back into this world, even if he had the opportunity. Um, I think it needs to be like Harry Potter level stuff. They need to have a vision. They need to say, what is outside the box thinking? Ghostbusters, as a concept, it means that we live in a world where the paranormal are real, is real, and there's groups of people that fight them. That's what the Ghostbusters concept is. It doesn't have to live in the box of four people who are scientists in New York who are fighting ghosts in New York. Yeah. You can do... Right. It's against the grain, contrarian, misfit, underdog type people who usually have that sixth sense and that understanding to like look into the paranormal or be willing enough to believe it or have such a broad sense of humor that they're like Bill Murray and it's like they're just along for the ride. And I'd love to see personally some sort of universe where... Jillian Holtzman is the professor, and she's teaching a bunch of misfit or a bunch of misfit kids and students who are are sent there in like Harry Potter style, like because they're not doing well in school or they're being haunted by ghosts and they have their own traumas and they're troubled or something like that. That would be amazing. That'd be super did you cool. just pitch uh, the Extreme Ghostbusters? <laughs> yeah, I did. But see, here's the thing: the professor is Egon, and Ginny yeah. works at the college. Oh, and then uh, but yeah, it's just something I've been thinking about lately. Makeup. It's and I think there's just I, I get excited thinking about the possibilities now that this third movie is out it's 2016 we have a third ghostbusters and where do we go from here and hopefully lessons were learned this time around of what that to was do. extreme ghostbusters. You're just extreme ghostbusters. <laughs> i'm now running of what to do and what not to do head. but hey we've got a blu-ray we've got stuff jake we're gonna be starting a new segment i think pretty soon called what'd you get yeah, every yeah. Week we talk about yeah. things that we got. And a lot of times it's Ghostbusters stuff because there's tons of shit to buy. Mm. Um, and yep. that's a good thing. And I know I was ranting, but um, I do enjoy the new movie. I will, I've watched it so many times. I think the good outweighs the bad. And the stuff I like in it, I absolutely love. And the stuff I don't like in it, it's not like so egregious that I can't enjoy it. Right. Um, yeah. Which you can't I, really I say agree about with that. a lot of movies. Sometimes movies are just very, very bad. Um, yeah. And Paul, he, he doesn't make very bad movies. Everything he does is yeah. good. Um, you know, and he, he gave it the old uh, governor's nudge. Yeah, the governor. He, he did. He gave it the governor's nudge. <laughs> ah. The name of this episode is the, the governor's, governor's nudge. I hope so, yeah. People are going to think it's a Walking Dead retrospective. Oh, <laughs> That's dark. That show is upsetting. Did you see the joke? Did you Should see we talk the, about it? Are we? I Jake, did you see the, I didn't watch the entire did thing. Did you see the coral meme going around today? Uh, the favorite restaurant. Yeah, hey, Coral. yeah, I did. Hey, Coral, what's Glenn's <laughs> favorite restaurant? Popeyes. Oh. I also saw. 
I also saw one where it was just like a picture of Carl. Yeah. And it was just like the text on it was just like, hey, is anybody going to use that eyeball? (laughs) Somebody on Facebook was like, Walking Dead review. Carl got a new belt. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I don't know. We don't. It's fine. You know, it's it's not. It's. uh... I watched Westworld instead, so. Ooh, because it's good. Well, I was, somebody needs to edit the Chris Tucker thing. Like, as soon as Glenn takes the bat, someone runs up and goes, You got knocked the fuck out! Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, Walking Dead spoilers. Rest Sorry. Yeah, oh, oh, well, whatever. Right. Everybody, and, uh, what's the other, what's everybody the, in the world knows. What's the other guy's part? name? The redheaded guy. Abraham. Abraham. Okay. New character. Lincoln. Yeah. So, that's who that was. I liked Abraham. You liked him? You were a fan? He was a good guy. Gotta, yeah. Maybe I'll go back guy. and catch up. I stopped yeah, I mean, I, you, you, I mean, if you stop a show and you're not up to, to date with it and then you watch an episode like that, like, who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, like, you're not going to care. I'm not invested. Right. You know? Um, you know, I will say, since we're talking about it a little bit, we did an episode, uh, we had uh, Chase and Katie on the show a, a while back, and the season finale had just aired. Oh, yeah. right. And a lot of people were mad because it was a cliffhanger. And I was mad that it was a cliffhanger. I was like, you know, my stance was like, hey, I know it's a TV show. I know cliffhangers are what they do. But that whole season, you know, was kind of revving up to Negan killing somebody with that baseball bat. We knew that was going to happen. Why make it a cliffhanger? But after, like, watching this episode, I was like, oh, wait. No, this is perfect. Like this, th- I get it. You know, it needed to be. It's such a like that death is such an important death in the show, and uh, like from here, you know, I, I haven't read much of the comics, but I, I do that thing where I'll like get on Wikipedia and I'm like, all right, I want to read the difference between this yeah, character I do and this character. Thing with DC. And and in those comics, this point is like a super pivotal moment, and. And I've seen where people are like, you know, you basically talk about The Walking Dead before Negan or after Negan. And like this, it's it's kind of like the, you know, most important like thing Jesus to Christ. happen. It's yeah, it's the most important thing to happen in that in that series to this point. And um, and you definitely need to do a whole episode. You can't just put that at the end of your episode. Right. Like that death is, you know, that character's been on that show since the first season. It's been on TV for seven years. Um, He's one of the only, like, three from the original. You know, everyone else is dead from the the beginning. Who's left? It's just Rick, It's Rick and Carl. Rick and, yeah, Rick and Carl. That's it. And Daryl. Yeah, but... Yeah, but didn't they meet Daryl... No, I I guess Daryl's the same time. Yeah, Rick and Daryl... Rick, Daryl, and and, uh, and Carl. Right. That's it. Pretty much everybody else, you know, came on a little later. Um, Carol was there, but she wasn't a very she, right. big character in the right. beginning. Oh yeah, I remember what <laughs> I specifically remember seeing Carol and be like, "Oh, she's, she's oh she's done, done for. She's gone." <laughs> now she's like a oh, badass. Wasn't she with like an abusive husband at first? Yep. Yeah. 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 And like, didn't they kill the guy? Like, I think I somebody know. killed the guy or something. Yeah. Well, but I mean. I don't know, man. I liked I this like episode. That show when it started out, yeah. 
the, you know, the show's gone through. I've always watched it, but there there have definitely been times where it's gotten kind of bad. It's gotten boring. Uh, it's had its like ups and downs. But um, the Negan stuff has been good. You know, like lead, building up to him was cute. very good. He is cute. He's, he's, the, he's he thinks he's a comedian. Yeah, what, he's <laughs> funny. <laughs> he is funny. But uh. No, I thought it was a good episode, and I was like, you know, I watched it, and then I felt kind of dumb for being like, why didn't they just go ahead and do it? Because, like, it, it's more important than being a last episode thing. Like, it needed its whole episode, so, you know, yeah, cool. whatever. That was The Walking Dead update oh, from Jack hey. Black. Um, <laughs> cool. So, hey. Hey. Are you guys stressed? I have been stressed for the last 54 minutes. All right. Let's do it. We haven't Let's do it. talked about it. 